You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, how you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of The Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase in the year in trainers and creative type small walks. I like to say if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, and I want to hear from you. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. I'm well engaged on there every day, at Cutting Room MRB, or you can uh, shoot me an email, cuttingroomfloor.mrb at gmail.com. Uh, with your feedback, good, bad, or ugly, if you have a crowdfunding campaign or any kind of project coming out that uh, you want to promote, let me know what you're thinking, and I'm happy to get the stories out there the best way that I possibly can. Um, I have a couple of little bits of, of business to deal with uh, you know, before I get started with my first two guests today. I'm doing an hour. I've got two old and very loyal friends of the cutting room floor that have been with me since the beginning. Uh, Andretti, Dante, and Lynette Carrington are going to be here. We're going to be starting off with Andretti. But before I get to that, uh, I just wanted to give a, a quick thank you to the guys over at Podcast Bozo, uh, who were gracious enough to have me as a guest on their show this past week. I, I got to tell you, I, I haven't done a guest appearance in a long time, and even rarer is the fact that I do a video appearance. And, and I, I got to tell you, that was some of the most fun that I've had being on the other side of the desk, uh, was hanging out with those guys. They were amicable. They were well-prepared. Uh, they knew the prop culture, and it was just a really fun couple of hours that I got a chance to hang out with them. I uh, got a lot of really good feedback on that. So, uh, again, thanks to the guys for having me on. And um, we are going to schedule something. That's not a question of if, but when. But they, you know, look for them to be on the show, uh, to uh, to be on the show sometime in November. So we're going to be scheduling that again. Podcast Bozo is the uh, is the name of the show. Uh, so sort of a random pop culture theme show, kind of like what I run here. Uh, great, great time, and uh, and the show is well put together. Uh, I also wanted to give a congratulations to uh, a member of uh, the little crew that I affectionately refer to as the Andy Rat Pack. Uh, Calvin Vanderbeek, who is the producer, uh, and Vanita Ozels Graham, who's director, uh, put together a, a short film that is now being worked on as a, a concept for a feature film. Uh, the short was called Who Wants Dessert? I got a chance to see that. And uh, they were on here a little while ago to talk about it. Now they submitted it to the Montreal Independent Film Festival, of course, in my own backyard. And they actually won an award for it. So they won the uh, Best Horror Award for the Montreal Independent Film Festival. I really hope that the travel restrictions kind of loosen up over the course of the next couple of months and that they figure out a way to come up here because uh, it would be a big thrill. And, and certainly I'd be happy to take them out for a bite to eat if they're going to be up here. It's going to be at the Cinema du Parc, um, which, if you're familiar with the city at all, is the venue for independent and art house films. You know, if you, if you have a showing there, that's really what plugged into the arts community and it's a big part of, uh, you know, that particular part of the city. So, uh, again, congratulations to to Calvin and to Vanita. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that uh, the first award that they won on the, on the uh, film festival circuit was in my own backyard. 
Uh, all that to say, uh, the reason that you're listening to this now or downloading it later, again, I've got two old friends that are on the show. Uh, Andretti Dante is going to kick us off. He holds the record for the most number of uh, appearances by a single guest on, on this show. I, I, he's been on so many times, quite frankly, I've lost count. I've known him for uh, over 10 years, and I've been doing this show for 12. Uh, he's a writer, he's a director, he's an editor, he's uh, been a DP, which in layman's terms is a cinematographer, uh, among many, many other roles. And, and uh, a shorter list would be the parts of the film business that he hasn't tried yet. Uh, some of the past works that he's been on here to discuss include Book of a Thousand Deaths, and I do, I'm proud to say that uh, my friendship with him goes back that far. Uh, Exit 13 and Trust Issues, which is the uh, the most recent one, and his latest work is called The College Life, and uh, here he is again, and I'm proud to have him back uh, from San Antonio, Texas originally, uh, cutting him forward, proudly welcomes our old friend Andretti Dante. Andretti, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Good to speak to you, Casey. I'm, I'm doing all right, man. Can't complain. Hey, so it's hard to believe I've known you that long. I was going back and looking at listening to some of my old episodes with you. It's been a long time, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's been a long, long time. It didn't really seem that long until uh, I was sitting there last night thinking about it. And I was like, wow. Was like, wow, it's been a long, long time. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, 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 I've seen you got some, uh, you know, we can just dive right into it. I, I, I've been following the, um, you know, the, all of the postings that you've been putting up there. And thanks for that wicked cool graphic, by the way. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so the, the college life. I, I, I guess. What are you doing with this one? Uh, let's have the elevator pitch on this. Uh, it just was a what's the name. It was kind of like a thing that I've been getting back from people, showing my elevation, and showing how I can do everything. I can do so much, and it was like uh, people saw trust issues, and it, it fits kind of the demographic of stuff that I they used to seeing from me. And then when they saw the college, like they was like, "Whoa!" They was like, "Andre, yeah, you do a little bit of everything." And I was like, "Yeah, that's the reason why I have this is to show that, you know, I can't be type grabbed, you know, because some people before you think of me a long time ago thought of me as just a horror person, like it's all I was was just this horror guy that can't do horror stuff. And then as little by little as I was doing more and more, they was like, "Oh man, Andretti, Andretti." Then like when trust issues came, that kind of blew it open, was showing like, "Oh man." Uh, you can do pretty much anything because I went from doing like my first film was a, a urban kind of like hood movie and then you know just move from move back and forth and stuff and then I was shows I do everything. Well, and, and I was going to ask you this too that, that uh, this is a little bit lighter uh, than, than a lot of the other stuff. I mean, you know, you, I've, I've been privileged enough to see a lot of the work that you've done, but, but uh, you're right that there, there was a healthy amount of horror there. But, but trust issues was really a drama piece, right? That, that had a distinctively yeah. Western slant to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust issues was a. Uh, it was something a bit different. That's more like, uh, that's more of like my style. And then like, uh, when I had it written, it was a, a thing that was kind of just more of like, uh, something that happened. That was back in 2014 when first coming up with it. And that's why the original one, it was only seven pages, the original one. And like when I, when I came up with the ideas and I talked to my boy, Sean, we went back and forth. Cause that's the one thing with me and my boy, Sean is when we do a script, even if it's a feature film, 
say, like, I'll come up with an idea on Sunday. I'll send it to Sean that Monday. And then Tuesday, he'll hit me back with something. Then Wednesday, we kind of going back and forth. By Friday, we'll be done. And so we'll be done with a full script. And then we may do little touch-ups here and there. But, like, with trust issues, we had one style of script. But then when Sean was sitting, I was sitting there when I was like, yeah, let's do this one. This next one. We got so many scripts written. We got we got about 40 or 50 scripts sitting in the pipeline. And it'd be uh, when I just pulled out trust, I was like, yo, let's do this one, da-da-da-da. Uh, when we were sitting there kind of going through it and stuff, that's when Sean, he kind of came with the idea. He was like, hey, Andretti, what you think about us uh, making it like a Western? I was like, oh, yeah, man, that will be cool, man, but let's make it a modern-day Western. I was like, if we go old-school Western, that will be too far for us to do the Western. I was like, man, our budget will get destroyed. So that's when we started going with the modern-day Western for trust issues and everything. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the drama type stuff, but, but, uh, I mean, you've also dabbled in other things too. If memory serves, I mean, you, you were even involved in shooting some sports game for the, for the Spurs or something like that too. And you were doing music. Oh, videos uh, yeah, yeah, point, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do, I used to do, uh, work for the Spurs and stuff when I worked at, uh, uh, San Antonio Fox News, we used to do. That at that time when I worked for them back in the day, they just had got the contract for the Spurs, and that's when I learned about the different things with the contracts, different stuff with that, and that's when I was doing the stuff for the Spurs, like the Coyotes Playhouse and all that different type of stuff for the Spurs back in the day. Which it was cool. It was it was cool to get that kind of learning of how the sports the sports world works and stuff like that. That was a long, long time ago. Like uh, that was almost twenty years ago. Now I think about it. <laughs> now, uh, you also did kind of double duty on on uh, the college life, right? That, that you also, not in addition to, to writing it, you also directed it too. You, you also re- directed it too, right? So you you handled both of the main jobs. Yeah, yeah, I directed, wrote it, edited. It. Yeah, yeah, like Marcus Red, he was my DP, and like uh, I had a I had a good crew that was with me on the college life that helped me get it done and stuff, but uh. Yeah, I wrote and directed it. So, so what's the basic plot line behind this, and what kind of characters were you likely to meet in here? Uh, the Callous Life is basically uh, is loosely based on some of my old school growing up friends, and some of the the things I went through in college when I was down in Florida. Uh, it's uh, basically the Callous Life is about three guys. You have Vince, who was your our quarterback guy, and stuff like that. And the reason why his name is Vince is because I'm kind of when I wrote the movie, I was playing a joke to one of my best friends in San Antonio. His favorite player was Vince Young, and I'm kind of playing a throwing a jab at him at the way he acts and he do stuff back in the day, the way he would talk and be all about women, 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 and how he would do stuff. And then you have Briggs, who was like his uh, right-hand college buddy and stuff. And uh, then you have Nate, who's your normal college kind of like uh, – uh, kind of a kind of kind of a list kind of student kind of all about getting the right grades. He loves his girlfriend that his girlfriend goes to a different college, so they talk on the face cams and stuff. And uh, it's basically just a regular thing that you go through with college kids and stuff. And uh, it ends up to where uh, it's like different jokes that they go through playing, doing just the regular different stuff that they do on a regular day, kind of joking and everything. But Vince. 
ended up uh, eating the wrong food and he gets real bad gas and stuff and like that. <laughs> he can't control it and stuff. And they're like, yo, say Vince, are you okay? You're right. And like, usually he's a ladies man, like the guy that's like un- invincible, invincible and stuff like that. And uh, finally they in the club and like uh, they run into a girl that Vince wants to mess with, but he can't really remember and they sitting there talking like, yo, what's up? What's going on? This and that. And Vince's stomach starts bubbling and going all crazy. And that's when Vince got to run off. He's like, hey, yo, I got to go to the restroom. He run off to go you to the restroom. And that's kind of like the funny thing is like Vince was this dude like kind of talking, acting where he can't, he can't be touched. But then eventually he gets to where his stomach is bubbling and just like, yo, what's going on? He He's like, uh. As he's standing there talking with him and stuff, he keeps farting where he came. He's like, oh, man, what's going on? What's going on? And finally, he just got to run off and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a joking thing where I'm just kind of paying homage to some of my friends and the stuff we, you know, that happened back in the day and stuff where I had my friend that I'm joking about because he loved Vince Young, the quarterback in, uh, at UT and stuff. This is one of those joking things where – I always would be like, oh, forget uh, University of Texas or forget the Cowboys or forget the Spurs. I would like always, I'm always one of those ones that I always would joke and talk about it with friends and stuff that's from San Antonio that would be like, oh, it's about this team or it's this team or this, this, and that. It's that Texas thing where, uh, you know, my people from Texas, they love Texas teams more than anything and stuff. And I was playing, kind of playing a joke towards, my friend with some of the stories that are real life, like some of the stories that got written, written in there are real actual stories that happen in real life, but I kind of just exaggerated them a little bit more for film, because that's one thing with film is you got to, uh, you know, with film or TV and all that stuff, you got to take a story that you think is great the way it was, but you got to elaborate a little bit more for it to make sense on camera and stuff and be able to hold a person's attention and everything. Now, now this was all home week in the, in the sense that you you got a chance to reteam with a lot of the people that that uh, I know that you, you've worked with over the years, and a couple of them have been on this show more than once. Uh, you know, yeah. people like you know people like Sean Fletcher and and Glenn Jewers Browder, and and uh, I mean it must have been fun for you to be able to get together with your buddies and 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 work on a project like this. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's always great. Uh, that's why I love it, too, when it went into awards and stuff. And, like, uh, seeing Sean and Wiz, they don't get the awards or winning things. I'm like, oh, that is so cool. I'm glad that uh, places around the world are finding them and loving what they do. And so, I'm like, they get to see how my everyday friends, there's some friends, too, that I've talked to, they'd be like, oh, man, is Sean really like that or is Wiz really like that? I'd be like, oh, no, man, that's just them doing it. And the thing with Wiz that's so funny is because it was somebody else that's a known, known actor was supposed to be the role that Wiz played. But last minute as we on set, and I'm, like, freaking out, like, what? Like, man, where's this dude supposed to be here, this, this, and that? And, like, uh, the one girl, Jessie Lee, who's in the beginning scene, she's actually a dope film star. And stuff, and uh, she was like, uh, Andretti, I gotta go. Like, uh, you know, I'm I know we had to schedule for just this and that, but you know, I'm already a, a hour later than what I was supposed to be here for, and just this and that. I'm like, I'm freaking out. And then finally, that's when I just tell Wiz, I'm like, Hey, yo, Wiz, you up? And Wiz was like, Yo, what's up? Wiz was there to do audio, 
and Wiz is like, what, what's up, what's up? And I'm like, yo, Wiz, you got to get up. You you in this scene, you got to get up. You won't get... He was like, wait, what? And I was like, hey, don't worry <laughs> about it. And uh, I was like, Wiz, I was like, uh, I, I will feed you your lines. I will tell you everything you got to do. But that's why there's a lot of takes. If you saw the raw footage, you would see when Wiz, like, uh, say like Ember or Sean or somebody, they drop a line. It's supposed to be when Wiz supposed to say a lot, and Wiz kind of just be standing there, and they'll be looking like, wait, what, what, what? And I'll be like, oh, yo, say Wiz, you got to say blah, 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 blah. And Wiz's like, oh, all right, all right. Then he'll go in and do his stuff. Like, literally, Wiz, in that in that whole movie, all the stuff you see him from, the stuff he's doing, is literally, I would drop him the lines of what he's supposed to say and do, like, right before we say it. That's why you see the raw footage. You will see where they're saying a line, and then Wiz is kind of just there, and I'm like, oh, Wiz, say, you got to say da-da-da-da-da and do this. And he'd be like, oh, oh, all right, all right. He wouldn't know what he was supposed to do or what he was supposed to say. Like, that's the cool thing about that film. That's what's uh, really super cool about it because Wiz last minute just jumped in, and it's just like I'm just feeding him what he needs to say and what he needs to do. And going through the edits for the edits and put it together, it's like, oh, man, it's like, uh, you know, Wiz is kind of just throwing in the – throw it in the light kind of do stuff, but that's how our team is, is that uh, we jump in and help each other. It's like last minute, I'll be like, hey, yo, you up for this? Hey, yo, you up for that? Like, And it's so many movies from over the night to so many different things where it been last minute, and, you know, God rest his soul, my boy Fleas, where, uh, you know, I would holler at them. Like, they'll be on set helping me with other areas of doing stuff on sets, and then another person I was supposed to be in a film at a role or do something, they wouldn't show up or they'll leave. I'd be like, hey, yo, Wiz, you up? Hey, yo, please, hey, yo, you up? And they'll be like, wait, what, what, what? And I'm like, stay, and they'll be like in Wiz's outfit. Wiz is dressed in his regular outfit that he came to uh, work on set, and I had to this last week, like, hey, yo, no, nah, say, where that? Uh, we just do this, we just do that. Like, uh, it just, you know, with indie film and everything, you got to move so fast and be ready so quick to work and adjust to what's going on and stuff it's like hey yo okay uh no no here we go this is that and be going and stuff and it's uh it's a it's a cool fun thing and stuff so so were you able to get the shooting in for this before you know kind of the the restrictions from the uh you know from the world that we live in started to to take place or i i guess what yeah, yeah 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 okay all right yeah like uh yeah, that's the thing is that I shoot so much that, like, I would shoot stuff and put it on a hard drive, and I kind of would put it away for a while and stuff. And then uh, this one was one that, like, I knew I wanted to get out there, but I knew it just was a different type of vibe that I wanted to get, and that's when trust issues came. That's why in the movie, if you really look at the end part when the camera kind of zooms in, that's why you have fleas in that part of the movie and stuff because this is before fleas had passed away and stuff that we got to get this with fleas and everything in there and stuff. Uh, uh, that's the one, that's the real, real cool thing about this is that uh, fleasy was able to be in this film and stuff and everything. And uh, that's because I got about, I got about, I got like a feature film that I'm actually editing right now, getting ready to put out. And then I got uh three or four other <clears throat> short films that I'm going to be throwing out in a little bit and stuff. I got so many films and music videos and different stuff that I got on the hard drives that are just sitting there that I go through and I'll be like, okay, let me get this out. Or I'll be like, oh, let me get this out. And that's the one thing that I will say is yes, the pandemic sucks, 
but that's the one thing that's cool with it is it gets me a chance able to sit down and just pay attention to what's in front of me and be like, hey, yo, man, I was tripping. I need to get this out. Oh, man, I got, I did all this stuff getting this done. I need to go ahead and get it out because that's the one thing when it comes to the films and stuff, like when you see my end credits or you see the credits before moving, you see all this stuff. You see all these names, but that'd be names of like family members who passed away or friends that passed away and stuff where it really be jobs that I did that I'd be like, I'm the type of person, I don't need all that credit. I don't need all that stuff. Like I put different uh, family members that passed or different close friends or uh, stuff like that that passed away. I put them in there. That's why like Ben, when he went and saw trust issues of my boy Ben, like my close, like we like brothers, we've been best friends forever. Uh, when we was at the Trust Issues premiere, and he was like, wait, hold up, Jody, was that your grandma? Hold up, Jody, is that Phil? This night he was like tripping out on seeing people that we know that passed away, and I was like, oh, yeah, 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 he was tripping out seeing their names pop up in the credits like during the movie was going when it was starting, and he was like, oh, man, he's like, man, that's so dope, and I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's all the films are like that. He was like, oh, man, I'm just now noticing it, because that was his first time being at one of my movies that was at the big actual theater, theater screening and stuff. Well, and and uh, yeah, I remember when when Flazer passed away, and and uh, I I felt terrible when I saw that, and I you know I, my my sympathies for your loss again, and for for the uh, you know the friend or was it a friend or a relative that passed away just recently that I saw. Uh, just recently, uh, I had a friend yeah. that passed away from home and stuff that passed away a couple of weeks ago, but. That that was yeah that was yeah, I, I, I was seeing you you, know, you were posting about that but um, but uh, I, I mean on the on the one hand I mean it's sad to be able to go back and look at some of their final work but on the other hand for as a filmmaker I mean it, it's almost a a blessing in disguise that you have all of this half finished work to keep you occupied during a period when most people aren't really allowed to leave their homes right so uh, yeah 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 yeah. So, so you had the release for the college life this summer, right? And uh, how did that go? Uh, it went, it went cool. Like, uh, uh, it was a little bit different because this past, because we had a pandemic going on and stuff. So I just did a cute, quick thing online for like three days, but then I stripped it down because I'm doing the festival run now. So now right. it's like it's that thing where. Uh, People that didn't get to see it in those three days, hey, I'm sorry, but you got to wait till we finish our festival run. And we, and that's the one thing, like, what I learned with the festival, say, like, Trust Issues. Trust Issues was supposed to finish this festival run, uh, uh, what's name, on Halloween. But since this pandemic and all this stuff happened with the film festival stuff, Trust Issues is actually still in the film festival game till uh, June of next year because so many festivals were having to push their days back or they were trying to figure out what they was trying to do and it made it it made it get all crazy because just like the wild bunch they just had it in arizona what's name i was expecting to be there at that one and the one that we had another festival that was in oklahoma i was expecting to be there actually at the festival but i couldn't make it because of this pandemic and everything that's going on this stuff it was like ah man and then like uh but it was good that i had a friend alex wayne who made it to the one uh in Arizona, because he actually had a movie in that festival, and he picked up our trophies for us and stuff. And actually, uh, what's name? What's cool is because see, 
in California, uh, what's the name, uh, the first week of November, I'll be shooting a film, uh, shooting a scissor reel for a show called Icebergs Pay to Play, which is uh, a, like a big scissor reel that we're doing with Jordan Eubanks and Brian Drollett from The Hill, the first season. They're going to be okay. on there. Then we got Jennifer. We got Jennifer Field, former Miss Asia American. You can see her in a bunch of my projects. Like I got like four or five projects with her. And then also too, she does uh, she does a lot of voiceover for me and stuff. Where it'd be like, uh, say, like in the college, like she's the one when the guy's listening to the door, you hear like all the craziness going on in the door. She's the person in the door talking and doing the stuff because we actually didn't get Jesse Lee's uh, voiceover and stuff for the stuff in the door because everything's moving so fast. But uh, Jennifer Fields, she got she got a bunch of movies. She's in trust issues. She's one of the cops in trust issues. But uh, former Miss Asia America, she's going to be in this the the Cesario, uh pay to play icebergs. And then uh, you got Melvolia, who is uh, she, she's getting real big on the internet and stuff. Going, she has a character called Melvolia that she does that is like Elvira. But it's her version of it and everything like that, which is an awesome character. She has that. Then you have the one comedian, Jack Jr., who's a comedian that's really blowing up. And then uh, Lauren John will go make an appearance in the scissor reel. So it's going to be like a 10 to 15 minute scissor reel. And it's going to be about how people see uh, people, you know, see us living in L.A. with this immaculate life where it's this island looking place where we live at. But they don't understand how it's a constant hustle where you just think about the next gig. Like, you know, they'll think like, oh, you're doing this. You got millions of dollars. And it's like, no, it's like, uh, you know, and California is a very expensive place to live and stuff. It's like it ain't, right. you know, cheap as other places and stuff like this is a very expensive place to be at. And uh, it's going to show how we are constantly on the hustle where it's like, okay, we did this gig. Now we need to do this one. Okay. We did this. Now we need to do that. And we did this and we need to do that. And so many people trip out with me of how I still, I'll be doing all that, but then I still will turn around and do my own projects. And I'm like, you know, a lot of people don't realize when I'm doing my own projects, that's all me. That's all coming out of straight out of my pocket. Like that's all me. And like, uh, what's the name? Uh, it's that thing of like two, I don't never really pr- promote any big, big projects I do. I really don't promote it because when you start dealing with those big, huge projects and stuff, you realize that they got a whole team that's there to promote them, and they got millions of dollars to put towards promoting their stuff and doing things, and they got a whole department that's filled with 20 people. That that's just that job all day to sit there and promote it and do stuff, and it's like, all right, I was like, my my little thing, it doesn't matter that. Say, like, even with you talking with, with you now on on the cutting room floor, like, they would have it set up where they'll have a team of people that would tell them, like, oh, you got to do this, blah, 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 and the head person would be like, oh, no, I ain't doing it. <laughs> Somebody from that team of people that handles the advertisement, they'll be on here talking to you, and you'd be like, okay, all right, yeah. Uh, I thought something was going to be in here. And then, too, the, the scissor roll that we're doing, is showing how to people they look at all these people as big celebrities and big stars. But these people are just regular people living their life. Like, uh, uh, like for instance, like it was one time I was at Seven Eleven, and like I'm just standing there with my be- with my soda in my bag, and just kind of just standing there waiting in line. And I walk up to pay for my stuff, and it's an Arabian dude, and he's like, Ah, 
all right, all right, all right. He's doing like a funny accent. I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, I'm just hitting about my school. Like, I'm just looking like, what? And then he point outside to the person that just walked out. It's Matthew McConaughey going to get in this car. And I'm like, oh, snap. So I'm like, looking like, whoa. <laughs> like, uh, uh, it, it's like a trip. Then it was like when uh, Randy Quay one time when I was at this one liquor store getting some, uh, turning in some lottery tickets I won on. And I'm there to Westmade, but then, like, these girls that was to the side of me, these one Hispanic and Hispanic, and it was an Asian girl, they kind of looking like, oh, my God, like, they tripping out. Then finally, when Dennis Quaid turned around, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, man, any given Sunday, that's what's up. Like, you know, in my head, I'm tripping out, but it's that thing of understanding. That's why uh, I won't name drop stuff like that outside of that, but it's so many celebrities and stuff like that that are considered celebrities that I know. They just regular people. They just love. They yeah. love it that I can treat them like normal and stuff. Like they can sit there, have a drink, me and hang with me, and I'll be just normal with them. Like, oh, yo, what's up, blah blah blah. They can talk to me like a regular. Hey, I'll be they still. I'll I'll close this uh, by by telling you one little story of my own. Uh, my my friend and I when back when my my oldest friend, a uh, guy by the name of Ian Ritchie, who I've mentioned on this show many times. We were at the Hard Rock yeah. Cafe in, Mon- in we were at the Hard Rock Cafe in Montreal uh, at one point uh, when we were in college when the place was still running, and I turned around I don't know why and uh, I saw this guy wave at me and I said holy shit and I you know <laughs> I, 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 I I didn't I didn't you know my friend says like you look like you've seen a ghost and I said just get up and go to the bathroom the same way that I went and tell me what you see when you get back. And he came back and he had the same look on his face. He goes, that's Ringo Starr over there. And, oh, man. And, and he was waving at us and smiling and laughing, and both of us didn't have the balls to go over. And, and he was there with another reporter. The place was almost empty. We could have been having a beer with him, and uh, neither one of us had the guts to go over there and say anything to him. <laughs> but, because you, you won't leave these guys alone, right? But, but you know, he flashed yeah. the peace sign guys and and uh so it, it's it's funny when that happens but it's scary when that happens and it, it, you're right it helps to think of them as regular people you know so uh yeah but, but uh andretti you're one of these guys that that uh, and i've said this every time that you're on here that everything that you do gets a little bit better i don't know how you do it uh that everything yeah, that okay. i see from you is, is a little bit more polished than the last time you somehow managed to learn something uh, and, and raise it just a tiny notch above what your last project was. And I say that as a high compliment. So it's been a lot of fun having you on here. Uh, i got to bring uh, Lynette in. But, but uh, where can people go to learn more about your work? Uh, just go, you can go on YouTube to uh, Cool Camp Productions on YouTube or on Venmo. And uh, you can go to Cool Camp Productions on uh, Facebook and uh just search Andretti Dante in your Google Drive and you'll find me everywhere. Like, I'm on all the major sites and, you know, just keep up with me. Like, case you know, I promote everything I do. Like, like I'm one of those ones that I understand. I'm not, I don't got a hundred million dollars. Like, these are the, these major labels that you're supporting. Like, I'm like, you know, that people support. Like, I understand it, but you understand me and my boy Wiz and stuff like that with Cool Camp Productions. We the ones behind everything. Like, I promote it all myself. You know, it's like it's like, man, like I do my I do my promotion myself. Like it's like I understand and that's the one thing that I learned a long time ago was that the people's uh independent artists and stuff, their number one downfall is 
they do not promote. They do the stuff and be like, oh, okay, it'll take off whatever, and they don't get out there and promote it. And that's your biggest downfall is not promoting, is I believe in promoting and getting out there and doing it. Andretti, again, thanks a lot. And uh, if you need yeah. my help with anything, then you let me know. All right? All right, cool. All right, thank you, Casey. It was good being on here again. All right. And nice catching up with you, all right? So, uh, yeah, man, all right. Okay, cool. We'll talk to you soon, and I'll have the replay up to you shortly. Uh, again, that was Andretti right. Dante. Uh, he's been on here many, many times before. Uh, his latest project is called The College Life, and uh, you'll be able to find that. It's getting a lot of positive press at the, uh, on the festival circuit, uh, along with Trust Issues and a bunch of his other films. Uh, Lynette, are you still there? I am here. All right. So for the second half of the show, uh, again, another very loyal friend, frequent collaborator to the cutting room floor. Uh, Lynette Carrington's here. Uh, she's got a prolific background in uh, public relations and marketing and communications and entrepreneurship. Uh, she's also one hell of an entertainment journalist and has interviewed over 100 celebrities, some of which uh, you, you probably recognize. Uh, I'm just going by the names that I remember because uh, I've gotten fanboy on her a few times. Uh, Ed Asner, <laughs> Jeff Britt. Well, come on, you, you've gotten, to, let's face it, you've gotten to talk to some really cool people over the years. Uh, Ed yeah. Asner, Jeff Bridges, Robert Herjavec, uh, uh, Rene Auberginois, uh, on and on and on. And uh, she's based in Arizona, and uh, her latest project is uh, she's an associate member of the Chandler International Film Festival. Now, for those of you who are we're listening to the show and we're in my inner orbit. I've been promising you guys an announcement over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was waiting for the final paperwork to come through, but Lynette was instrumental in this. And, and I, I couldn't be prouder of the fact that uh, Lynette, am I cool to do this now or, or? do it? Let's, let's do right. it. You, you get it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. Real, we'll get it right out of the way early. Cause it sets the tone for the rest of the interview. Right. Cause uh, sure. you know, a lot of, uh, I, I've actually signed a partnership agreement with the Chandler International Film Festival uh, to be one of, uh, you know, their podcasting arms uh, for, for this year's festival. Uh, this is something that I was really excited about. Lynette approached me about this over the course of the end of the summer kind of thing, and, and we've gone back and forth, and, and uh, I've gotten involved in some uh, some discussions with Mitesh Patel, who is the president of the festival, who uh, agreed to bring me on board. Um, I'm going to be doing some you know, kind of spin-off episodes or bonus shows uh, that are going to be tailored specifically for the festival. So I'm going to have a little bit more work ahead of me. Uh, I couldn't be prouder of it because this has been, you know, uh, the result of a lot of work uh, over the years in terms of doing these kinds of interviews. Uh, you know, the fact that I'm getting recognition from a legitimate film festival is, I got to admit, it was pretty damn exciting when I first found out about it. So Lynette, We're thank so you very much. For, all right. So, uh, I, I, like I said, I really appreciate this, and I'm glad that we can finally talk about it. So, Yeah, this is great. So you will be our official international podcaster, and uh, we're looking forward to having different people on your show. And I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few months, because we'd love to have you down in person if we can swing that. Yeah, I, some I mean, of, it, some it, of the, the ground issues may not necessarily be up to us. <laughs> well, well, no, pandemic aside, January in Montreal, I could think of a lot other places where I'd rather get stuck than Arizona. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that yeah, I usually tell people that, that Montreal is a nice place as long as you can tolerate January and February. Those are the really hard months. But <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> kidding aside, I mean I I'd love to get down there. I I mean I've covered a lot of festivals. I've never actually attended one. I've, I've been close to them because they they had a few, but mm -hmm. I, I haven't really had a chance to have that much of uh, you know of an exposure to them. But um, Maybe if you could tell us a little bit about your involvement with with the Chandler Festival and how that got off the ground initially. I guess how many years has this been going? Oh gosh, this is this is quite the fun story. So the Chandler International Film Festival uh, started back in. Hang on, I got to count backwards. Let's see. Okay, so the first year was 2017, and our president and founder is Mitesh Patel. And uh, not only is he the founder of the film festival, he's also a very prolific filmmaker. So he comes at this whole event with, from a place of experience. So he has a lot of knowledge. He knows a lot of people in the industry. So back then I actually ran their uh, red carpet. So I was interviewing all the filmmakers, actors, producers that were coming down the carpet, plus a lot of our dignitaries that are from the city of Chandler. And I loved it so much. And one of the things I loved about this film festival is, although it's in Arizona, and Arizona isn't typically the first place you think of when you think of films or film festivals, we have really grown over the last five years. So this, I love that we are truly international. We've had filmmakers come out in person from uh, Mexico, Switzerland, England, Ireland, Russia. We've had people from all over the place. And it is always such an honor and a thrill to get to interview all these filmmakers who, you know, you, you always want to think that, you know, the filmmaking community is a small community, but to hear different people talk about their experiences in different countries doing filmmaking is is definitely a thrill. So past that first year, uh, I also worked on the red carpets for the second year, then the third year, then the fourth year. And finally, I approached Matesh and I said, you know, you really should put me on the board because I bring a lot to the table and I really could help you out. And there's a lot of things that I could do for you. So I joined the board of directors about, oh, I guess it's been about six, seven months ago. And there's definitely a lot of work to be done. As anybody who has worked on a film festival can tell you, there's five million things to do and never enough hours in the day. And uh, so this year, I, I'm planning on uh, interviewing on the red carpet again. And I'm also working on bringing out some talent. So Casey, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to tell you about some of the people that we have confirmed already. By all means, the floor is yours. Okay. Uh, that was one of my questions anyway. I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> I, I know that you had some some really cool people down there in past years. So we have. So last year, we 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 really had stepped up our game, and we were able to bring out Michelle Rodriguez, who many people would probably know her from Avatar, but she's done a million different things, and uh, we had her out for the 10th anniversary screening of Girl Fight. And then we also had James Bond bad guy and uh, Goonies bad guy, Robert Davi out where uh, we gave him the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. 
on the closing night of the festival and he was nice enough nice enough to come out with his his wife and his baby daughter who was just a doll and it was so nice to have some of those those higher level talent there because it really sort of lends something it lends a certain spark of excitement to the film festival and and both Michelle and Robert could not have been nicer. They were wonderful people, very giving of their time. Uh, they loved meeting and greeting the fans. So we're building on that this year, and we don't necessarily have a lock yet on our on our uh, couple of A-lister talents that we're going to be bringing out. Uh, but I I can tell you they're huge. <laughs> they're it's big. So uh, I'm working diligently on that. But uh, a couple of other, other announcements that I'd love to tell you about. Um, we are bringing out Mr. Pat Finn, who is an actor that maybe his name is not immediately familiar to you. But if you saw his face, you'd say, oh, yeah, I remember him from this and that. He has a um, maybe you would remember that he was Chris Farley's uh, best friend and roommate from college. And they go way back. Uh, in the world of uh, improv and comedy. And Pat has a prolific background in television that includes, uh, oh gosh, he's done Seinfeld and the Goldbergs. And he had a recurring role on the middle as one of the wacky neighbors who's just so lovable. And then he's also parlayed that into um, a TV career, or I'm sorry, a film career. And he's appeared in, um, oh gosh, uh, Space Buddies, uh, I Love You, Beth Cooper, It's Complicated. So he, and he also is uh, heavily involved in a lot of different commercials and, and he does some voiceover work here and there. And he's, he, again, he's just such a genuinely wonderful person. He is actually going to come out to our festival and uh, he's he's going to be teaching a workshop in improv, which really is his specialty. And so not only am I looking forward to having him out to teach this class, but I'm just excited for him to come out and meet everybody because he's he's such a talented person, but he's also very fun, very warm and, and very loving. He's just a great guy. So I, um, you, you know, I, I had to look him up because you you, you put the, the bug in my head. I, he's, he's one of these yeah. people, and I, I, I'd say this is a term of high respect. I, I call them sitcom surfers because they uh, – <laughs> I, I mean, he's, he's been – well, I mean, I'm, I'm going down the list. You know, two broke girls, the Goldbergs, Crib Your Enthusiasm, I mean, he's hit them all. <laughs> oh, the last yeah, while, yeah. Right? So, yeah, he really has, and uh, he's – He's just great at everything he does. He actually has his own company. I think it's called, um, oh, off the top of my head, I think it's called Improv Ability. And he runs this company with his friend. And they will actually go into businesses and teach the sales team or teams of just employees the, the skills that improv can really bring to your, to your job. And that's their business. That's actually what they do. And I just I think that is so fascinating because I have I've long been a proponent of improv skills because I think they can help you no matter what you do. It doesn't matter what business you're in. 
Well, so. yeah. Now, I mean, I, I've spent the better part of my career in corporate sales too. And I, I, I when I first started to get into the workforce, I, I, you know, everybody said, "What's your approach to to sales?" I go, "I, I wanted to some extent entertain people." And they said, <laughs> "Okay, okay, here, you know, here's a joker. Stand at the back of the line." And I, I said, "Yes, you, you, you have to win trust over too, but you want people to like you to some extent, and and you've got to be able to think quickly on your feet." Uh, yep. I, I mean. I, I and I, I even had a, a friend of mine on who I was a salesman with for for a big IT company who actually came into my company and and spoke about the value of, of, of humor in the workplace and and uh, it, it's a way to, to gain trust it's a way to diffuse people and it's also an effective way to increase retention of information too I find so right I I, I could not be happier for my friend Pat because he's been able to do this as a business. And I feel like, because I have a background in business and I love talented people and I love entertainers, I feel like he's just really created such a really interesting, fun and valuable niche for people in business. And while while we're talking about the upcoming film festival, uh, the, the next film festival, our fifth annual film festival, takes place January 21st through 24th. So it's coming up in about oh gosh oh that's only three months away how how is it how is time <laughs> where did all the time go um, you know what I, I was joking around with friends recently as in two thousand and twenty has been both the longest and the shortest year that I think I can ever remember at the same time. I, I, all the days are kind of running together. And I, I first started working from home back in March and all of a sudden it's you know, Canadian Thanksgiving and I wonder where the hell the time went. So I know I, for me, I'm, I'm just ready for 2020 to be over. If you know what I'm saying, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah, yeah. done with 2020. The other big announcement I wanted to make. Uh, and again, this is somebody that, you know, um, our friend Lee Ehrenberg, who most people know from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, uh, maybe Waterworld, um, and, and definitely ABC's Once Upon a Time, where he was on for, oh gosh, was it nine, ten seasons? A long time. Um, Lee Ehrenberg is going to be coming out to our film festival, and he'll be doing a meet and greet, and we're going to see if we can possibly screen one of his films. And uh, again, we're talking about somebody who is absolutely spectacular with fans. He loves to engage with fans. He knows the value of fans. He loves to share behind the scenes information. Uh, and he's also really outspoken and just very genuine. He's such a, such a wonderful, wonderful person. And I'm so happy to call him my friend. And he's, I think he's been on your show, right, Casey? You, that was one of the biggest interviews that uh, that I, I've ever had, and I, I remember that night very clearly. He is one charismatic son of a gun. I mean, I laughed hard, but I learned a lot, and uh, he was com he was completely transparent about his career, and uh, uh, you know, growing up with you know several members of the Brat Pack, and and uh, oh, yeah. it, 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 uh, that was just a really fun hour. And uh, yeah. like I said, he, you know, he, he the, that was men, like you said, that, that genuinely enjoyed his place and, and, and the fact that he got to live a movie life. And uh, it was really mm -hmm. fun. I, I, kind of, the kind of person that I really wish would write a book, to be honest with you, because I'd run out and buy it. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should maybe we should uh, harp on him a little bit about writing writing a memoir. He's he just has such a not only a, a stellar career but a really prolific background, uh, and he's done just some incredible work and some really fun things over the years. And he's if you ever get a chance to follow Lee Ehrenberg on Twitter, he's he's just a kick in the pants. He's great. He's so much fun. And you always know where you stand with him. He's a very genuine Swedish guy. So I'm really excited for him to come out to our film festival in January. I know he'll uh, he'll do really, really well with the fans. And I think everyone's just going to love meeting him because he's he's so engaging and just a really, really sweet man. He's got a memory like a steel trap, too, in terms of being able to uh, remember yeah, people's yeah. names and everything. Too. I, 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 I envy yeah. people like that. That, 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 you know, yeah, I remember the other, it was 10 years ago and we talked about this and I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely is. When you talk to him, he is, he's like a who's who of, of anything and everything entertainment related. And, uh, you know, I, I get a chance to catch up with Lee on the phone every once in a while and we'll be talking on the phone for five minutes. I look at my clock. I'm like, we've been talking for an hour. How did that happen? But he's just he's so fun to to talk with and uh, a great person with great ideas um, and great sensibilities. And that's another thing I like about him, in addition to just being genuine. Uh, so for the film festival that's coming up, we are uh, obviously the film deadline has has come and gone we're past that but we are expecting to have uh i think we have somewhere near 200 films that we bring into the film festival and it's everything it's feature length it's uh proof of concept um we have a, a script category we have short films we even have i think yeah we even have uh music videos I and mean, we have a a fair amount of things that uh, we include in the film festival. And I love that our local community, uh, not only Chandler, Arizona, which is outside of Phoenix, for those of you that aren't familiar with the area, but we have people really that come from all over Arizona and they love meeting the filmmakers and they love networking and exchanging ideas and just, you know, talking shop, if you will. Uh, so I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that, uh, everything goes off as planned at this point, Casey, we're, we're planning on doing the film festival, both in person and online. So we're going to do both this year, which I think will be a benefit that will cater to everybody's interest, you know, so no matter who you are or where you are, you can, you can participate in, in all of the fun things that we will be doing. Now, now you mentioned the multiple categories, and and uh, I, I want to touch on a couple of things. I, you know, the first question that I, I have for you uh, of a two-part question uh, is that you guys are really taking to heart the importance of diversity, which is you know uh, really become a lot more important, especially over the course of the last couple of years. Yeah. I, I've noticed that there's there's multiple categories for either new filmmakers or or women or international films. That this is something that is really embedded into the philosophy of this film festival, right? Yes, and we definitely when we talk about diversity for our film festival, we're talking about everybody. Um, you know, we want we want to be able to screen films and and include films from definitely 
women filmmaker, um, women filmmakers, uh, people from the BIPOC community. That's, uh, let me see if I can remember everything. It's uh, black, indigenous, and then people of color. Um, people who are in the, um, just anybody that maybe has not been included before or has not been represented before. We, we definitely welcome those voices because they, they all really bring something unique to the table that everybody can learn from. And that's what we really, we really love. We, we love diversity. We're all about diversity. And, um, you know, I think diversity in general, especially in this last year has really, uh, especially in my world of media has really bubbled to the surface. So I think in the coming few years, I think are, it's going to be really important, especially for film festivals and not just us, everybody to really make it a point to include those unique and diverse voices in, in any way that they can, because they're important. They're all important. Now, the the, uh, the second part to, to my question is that uh, the, there was one category that, that kind of caught my attention just by name alone. I, uh, you have something called a late night feature that, that I was kind of curious about. Uh, what is that sp category specifically built around or are you still offering it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that one is. I don't I don't recall seeing anything from that segment last year. If, no, if I, I, I was looking through your I was looking through your program book from last yeah. year and you know late night feature and I, I thought okay well, that's a cool concept I yeah if I had to take a stab at it I'm kind of thinking they're things that are maybe not exactly family friendly <laughs> fair enough um I don't I don't think I actually saw any of those films last year it's it's almost impossible to catch every film at the film festival but um, we definitely have. Uh, some some interesting categories. Um, oh, and before we go, I, I have one other thing that I wanted to mention to you because it was something different that we had done this year. Our vice president, um, Betty Ramirez, who has been just so instrumental in doing so many incredible things for our film festival, she decided this year that she wanted to try her hand at making films. So here we have a um, this adorable spitfire of a Mexican woman who I we anybody who who meets Betty Rumors just immediately falls in love with her. She's incredible. She decided to make a film, and she decided she's going to direct this thing, and she put it all together. And so she actually, in record time, I don't know how she did it. In record time, she put together this film called Arizona versus COVID-19, Our Stories. And it basically includes the stories of all kinds of different, um, oh gosh, we had the chief of police, we had the, the fire chief, we had uh, the Chandler mayor, we had um, people who had had coronavirus. So we, I, I was actually in the film and I interviewed all these people just getting their thoughts on what was happening and how they felt that as a community, we could work together to emerge out of this pandemic um, stronger than than when it first hit us. So uh, props to her for, for doing this film and it is available right now. Actually, there's a link. It, if you go to chandlerfilmfestival.com, there's a link for that film and you can watch it. And for a first time filmmaker, I have to say I was absolutely blown away by her 
by her foresight and everything that she poured into that film. She just did an amazing film. And, and again, now we have uh, our vice president, who who is, is uh, a minority woman, directed her first film and knocked it out of the park. She did a great job. Yeah, and I, I was noticing on the website that that's really front and center when uh, you guys figured that prominently in terms of the placing. That it really is something that's going to catch your attention when you call up the website. Uh, again, yeah. Chandler Film Festival, right, is uh, is the name of the URL, right? Yes, it's ChandlerFilmFestival.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of um, course, we're, as we get closer to the film festival date, everything will be updated. So the information will be changing over pretty much weekly as uh, selections are made and announcements are made for talent and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I'll certainly be, be pushing it out as much as I can through my own channels as well to, uh, to help you guys out. So um, now one of the questions I was kind of curious about, uh, I'm speaking to some extent as a, as a bit of an outsider. You, you mentioned that there's a lot of material to cover and I mean, I, as a testament to this, I, I was going over the program from last year, and I, I it, it, there's no way that everybody could consume everything because you guys have got so much. Uh, I, I guess what are some of the tips that you've learned from the process of working on this as an attendee to to get the most out of your experience when you when you attend a film festival? I think a film festival is what you make it. Frankly, okay, um, all right. I think some people who are filmmakers, you know, maybe they want to participate in the workshops. So by all means, go to the workshops. Um, I always recommend looking over the festival program and what films interest you, what areas interest you. Do you like horror films? Do you like um, shorts? Do you like documentaries? I mean, you know, I would always say go with whatever your interest is or maybe if you're looking to kind of grow your scope of, of knowledge in film, um, do the workshops or start with some genre of film that maybe you're not too familiar with. So, you know, it, it really is what you make it, but uh, we have multi-day passes available for the festival, which is great. That allows people to do as much as they want. And uh, we also plan on having after parties every night, which again is another fantastic way to meet talent, the filmmakers, the actors, the producers, and really get a chance to network. So for anyone who is in the industry, they can um, network with each other and share resources and maybe even get some projects going together. Well, again, this all sounds like a lot of fun, and, and uh, you know, I'm I'm proud to be uh, you know the international pod or one of the international podcasting partners for this. And again, Lynette, thank you very much for the opportunity, and it's going to be a lot of fun working with you over the next little while. So yes, uh, we're so happy to have you. And Casey, just so you know, you are the official international podcaster. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, I, I I didn't want to overstretch my. Uh, my boundaries or anything okay there we go all right limited officially international okay so all the way up in quebec uh where can people go lynette to to either get in touch with you or, or to uh to learn more about the film festival it's uh floor is yours here to, to uh plug all of your links and uh, twitter handles and all that stuff Oh, sure thing. Uh, well, first and foremost, really, this is this is really about the film festival. So I would say uh, pretty much anything you'd want to know, you can go to ChandlerFilmFestival.com. 
And uh, like I said, the film festival is coming up January 21st through 24th, 2021. And our information on our website will be updating frequently as you know things are things are announced and talents announced, films are announced. And as for me, if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, I'm probably more active on Twitter than any place else, and it's L L Carrington. So just my initials and my last name. So L L Carrington, and pretty easy to find. <laughs> So, and again, Lynette, thanks a lot for, for your time. It's great fun catching up with you. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, I'll, I'll look forward to it. Again, bear in mind, guys, that I am going to be doing some bonus shows uh, over the course of the next little while. So uh, look for that coming. And uh, Lynette, let me know what you need, and I'm, I'm happy to cooperate as much as I can. All right? Thank you, Casey. We're, we're so happy to have you and your years and years of movie knowledge on board. You'll be just a valuable asset to our festival. I'm very happy to have you. On that happy note, wow. <laughs> so this has been a fun uh, hour catching up with Andretti Dante and Leonard Carrington again. Uh, you know, two people who, who very early on gave my little show a shot. And, uh, uh, you know, it's great to be able to catch up with people because one of the fun things about this show is that you meet a lot of really cool friends along the way. Uh, and, and this hour has been absolutely proof of that. Uh, I'm going to be back next week. I've got somebody who's going to be dialing in from the UK. Uh, somebody who's going to be new to the show, but, but uh, a musician from uh, from the UK is going to be dialing in. Uh, again, with a big thank you to Lynette Carrington and Andretti Dante. Uh, you can listen to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. We'll call it a day. Uh, stay safe wherever you are. This uh, pandemic isn't anything to be trifled with. Uh, you know, we'll get all through this together, and thank God for the arts. Cut, print, wrap, and I am done.